Okay, now for our second message, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Prayer. Prayer, as we know, is communication between God and man. It is sometimes often one-sided, a kind of kind of a gimme this or gimme that kind of prayer, or perhaps maybe a woe is me prayer. But prayer is one of the most important things that a Christian can do in, in, in life and to believe in it as a matter of habit. So what is our prayer life? like? Do we pray every day or maybe once in a while and that's okay? Just how is our prayer life? The answer we may give is like probably I have answered. We can always do better. We know that in prayer it says that Christ is the mediator. We know that prayer can be said in silence. It can be uh, spoken and it can be made anywhere, even inside of a whale, as in Jonah's case. So God already knows, however, what, what's on our mind. He knows our situation. He knows the things that are troubling us. He already knows a lot of things about us before we even say a word. In the book of Timothy, chapter 2, we see four different types of prayer. But here... In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he says, I exhort, therefore, which is, he's saying, I strongly encourage, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. When you look at supplications, we know that these involve specific requests, and that there are, in prayers, that there are all kinds. Prayers, you know, uh, before meeting. Prayers before we meet as a group. Prayers before we have a meal and so on. There are intercessions which are made on behalf of others. And the giving of thanks or praise. That these things be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So we see here, uh, you know, a good reason for prayer because it can spare us from a lot of troubles from within and from without. And we see that prayers are to be made for all men, including kings or, or those in authority. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come Unto the knowledge of the truth. Now verses 5 through 7. They remind us that it is through Jesus Christ. As mediator. Between God and man. And that it reminds us of Jesus Christ. As the one who gave himself. As the ransom. For many. So. He wants us all. To receive salvation. So prayer is. Important to all people. 
verse 8, I will therefore that men, that's all people, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting or disputing. So we do this in believing and in humble prayer to God that he may enlighten others toward Christ and doing what's right in the sight of God that we might have a quiet and peaceable life. We see here that prayer must not be done with wrath or contempt or repugnance toward others. In Luke chapter 18, we read, here we see a parable about a good and and unacceptable prayer. And in verse 9, and he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous, but they despised others. Verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. In ancient and Roman times, you know, that was a tax collector. Now the Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not, as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast. You know, just pointing to himself, you know, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house, and this is Christ giving that parable. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. So none of us really have reason to uh, think that we are guiltless. Even our righteousness, as it says, that is, is as filthy rags before God in the sight of a God. So we know that the eternal, that the almighty God, he knows us inside and out. He knows our sins. He knows our motives. He knows our desires and our sincerity toward things. He knows us. And he is as near as, you know, as a cell phone that we carry in our uh, pocket. Now, 1 Peter, uh, in verse 3, uh, chapter 3 and 12, it tells us that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And so, we know that God favors the righteous. But even the sinner, when he goes to God, and if he's sincere, and he wants to repent of his sins, and he has something that he needs God to do for him. You know, God's ear is not heavy that it cannot hear, nor his uh, hand, or his ears heavy, and his hand shortened that it cannot save. So, but when we pray, anyone who goes to God, here is what we should always remember. First John chapter 3, and verse 22. We have... Under this heading, we should have confidence toward God because our life is in line with the word of God. 1 John 3, verse 22. 
It says, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him. You know, that's Christ in us. Uh, through his word. And hereby we know that he abides in us. By the spirit which he has given us. Now John 15. Uh, verses 4 through 5 says. Abide in me. And I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine. No more can you. Ex can you accept you abide in me. He said I am the vine. You are the branches. So. We have to abide in the word of God and in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, he said that this spirit is given to all through belief in Christ. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 to the Ephesians he wrote, he said this. I need to turn to that here in the Bible. I think I have it marked. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning verse uh, 13 I believe yeah verse 13 but now in Christ Jesus you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ so this blood of Christ that he shed as a ransom for many has brought us near to God for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition that, that between us Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and preached peace to you. And he's telling this to the Ephesians, which were afar off, and to them that were close. So... We see that, you know, the Jews <coughs> had their temple in Jerusalem. And this was their uh, place of refuge. They could go there and pray and give praise. It was right there. And they felt close. But, of course, the Gentiles were geographically uh, afar. So this gospel of peace that was preached by Jesus Christ was preached both to Jew and Gentiles, as Paul also delivered the message, to the Gentiles and the saints. And they were made both fellow citizens. Both are made one. Verse 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. But even knowing that we have this one access. That this access unto the Father. There are times when we don't always know what to pray for. Usually it is some personal trial or sickness that fills our heart with words, uh, with uh, things on our mind that we would like to have a need fulfilled. It could be the trials of those who are close to us that we worry about that gets us to praying. But what about the other times when nothing seems to be pressing against us? Well, this is when we really must look to the Holy Spirit in order to keep that connection and our prayer effective. In Romans 8... Verse 26, it says here in Romans, 
that the spirit also helps our infirmities whether you know they might be physical they might be spiritual for we know not what we should pray for as we ought we don't know how to ask for something to be done but the spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered so we have these deep feelings that we sometimes cannot just put into words and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he and that's Christ he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God you know Christ was also suffered endured temptations in all ways just like us so he's able to intercede as our mediator and then in verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose so sometimes we just have to get down on our knees and open up our mind and our heart to communicate with God through prayer a lot of ways that uh, we can do this a lot of ways that you have done this sometimes in my case I think about the day that is past and maybe the day that is to come I think of the good and the bad and I think of the people in my life the families in my life the brethren in the church the wor- and also the world at large and the things that are going on and before too long you are communicating you are praying to God sometimes by reading just a few scriptures out of, out of, out of the book it is one way to come out of this world and just set your mind on heavenly things that lead into prayer Sometimes it's knowing the names of those who are in need of prayer, like what we have in our bulletin. There are names there that we pray for, that we're to pray for. Sometimes we don't always remember who they are or remember their names. But sometimes even in a prayer, names crop up. They just sort of appear, and so you mention those names. If you had to mention every name of every person that you've ever met in your life, it would be quite a chore to do that. But God knows our heart, and he knows the sincerity of our prayer so it's just knowing the names of those who are sick or in some trial that gets that can get get us down on bended knee I have not always been regular in prayer or as you know like a a prayer warrior but there are many verses throughout the Bible that speak of prayer and the value of prayer and that it draws us near to God and it is to become a Christian habit as I mentioned before the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry in John just refer to John chapter 9 verse 31 it says this now we know that God hears not sinners but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will him he hears Now in Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse 6, the Apostle Paul said to not worry. He said, don't worry. Be careful for nothing, he said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So whatever our concern, pray about it and seek wisdom and seek guidance. And... 
To not worry, however, doesn't mean we should be irresponsible or have no concern. Because there are things that in our life that, you know, we bring up on our own selves. And sometimes it is our own selves in whom it is left up to correct. And God will lead us in that direction. In verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep, that is, shall guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So once your request is made known and in, is in God's hand, we're, we're able to cope and we're able to have hope. Because, you know, he already knows even, you know, what's wrong with us. Even as we as parents sometimes sense in our children that there might be something wrong uh, that might be ailing them. That they just don't appear, uh, you know, healthy, and, uh, but yet they're feeling bad. And so he already knows. James chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Temptations that are trying to turn you away from faith in God and trust in God and to do things that are contrary to his will. Those temptations face us sometimes when we are in a trial. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So we all have negative experiences from time to time. We have hardships, we have hurts, and you know, so on. And some things we can't, you know, just escape out of, out of those trials. So we must endure. We must have patience. And we read this in verse 4. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So we may not understand the trial that we are undergoing. But there is something at work here that is for our benefit that we may be perfect and wanting nothing. So the trial is a test. It's a test that we can pass with the help of God. But verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. As I said, we don't always understand or know what to do sometimes in a trial or what has come upon us. Sometimes we say, well, why me? Verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So we have to ask in, with confidence. Just like we might go to a doctor or a specialist because in them we often put you know, our trust in what he knows that can, that can uh, uh, take care of us or heal us. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And sometimes, you know, we, we have to wait uh, on God for an answer. And it is during that time that, you know, doubt can set in. But as soon as it does, we have to overcome that uh, feeling of doubt and ask God to help our faith and to fight the good fight of faith. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable. In all his ways. So we pray in faith. And we would all like 
quick answers, but we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we know the answer will come, but it takes patience and not giving up in prayer. I want to refer to Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22 where Jesus said, and he promised, that all things and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So that's a promise that can come, that will come sooner or later. In 1 Thessalonians, it tells us that we should, in verse 17, that we should pray without ceasing. That is, don't give it up, but stay in this attitude of prayer. You know, not continuous, you know, where you're just praying, praying, praying all the day long. It's like, uh, like was brought out in the commentary in, in, in this Bible that I have, that uh, this pray without ceasing is like having a cough that is, you know, comes and goes, that is persistent. But there are intervals in between those coughs. So there are intervals between these prayers. But in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we have to maintain an attitude, sometimes it's hard to do, an attitude of gratitude, giving thanks in all things. Knowing that whatever we have asked in prayer, we will eventually receive. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. So the spirit of God is one of hope. It is one of confidence. It is one of uh, having no doubt. And so we can't quench that confidence. Luke chapter 18. And he spoke a parable in verse 1. Unto them to this end. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Not to faint. You know, don't lose heart. Don't give it up. I know sometimes, in, uh, even in your life and even in my life, it seems like uh, the prayer is not being answered. And you prayed and prayed. And sometimes when you uh, think, well, God's not listening. But we can't give it up. We have to. Uh, and not lose heart. And there's been times in our life. You know when. When the prayer is finally answered. And it's like. Uh, things that happen. You pray for. You think it's gone and forgotten. And then one day. Hey I prayed for this. And this is, this is uh, how uh, it's, it's now come about. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect. Which cry day and night unto him. And though he bear long with them. God is not like that judge. God is faithful to answer. 
but he wants us to always to pray. Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, question, shall he find faith on the earth? Or will patience and gratitude and resolve and praying not be there? For some in the church, prayer life does fade. And so does faith along with it. So we see that there is a future time being referred to when there will be much prayers said when mankind stands on the brink of destruction. And every ounce of faith is going to be required to overcome the forces of doubt and despair that come about at that time. And some may give up in prayer. In Isaiah chapter 55, we see an invitation to salvation to all who will receive and accept it. Find my place here. And it's at no cost. Verse 1 of chapter 55, hope. Everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters. And he that has no money, come you, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat you that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me, here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader. And commander to the people. You know we can look back on the life of David. And see how many. How many ways he's been. Was tempted. How many times he's faced trials. How many times he's cried out to God in desperation. And an example of God's mercy. And forgiveness. Because you know David was a man after God's own heart. Of that mercy and that forgiveness. He knew God had it. Verse 5. Behold you shall call a nation that ye know not. And nations that knew not you shall run unto you because of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And then this verse here. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. But tell us there uh, could be a time coming that, you know, God is going to be hard to find. So we should seek him while he's near. And let the wicked, verse 7, forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. So those days speak of a time of coming tribulation, and the coming of the Son of Man. Luke 21, there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring at that time you know many won't know which way to turn or what to do because things will be out of their control it will be nature that will be confounding them and causing them perplexity as well as the distress of nations people going at each other verse 26 men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, or as translated elsewhere, caused to totter. 
And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. So in spite of all these things that are troublesome, through prayer and through uh, watching in prayer, looking to that day, we know that Christ is going to come to relieve us of those distresses that are coming. Let's drop down to verse 34. That one, Luke, Luke chapter 21. <clears throat> Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Their, their not, minds will be somewhere else on this drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day will come upon them unawares. So, verse 36, Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Mark chapter 13 has uh, some similar things there in verse 24, Mark 13. In those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now verse 32, on down. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. You know, when Christ was telling the, his disciples this these things again verse 33 uh, take heed watch and pray for you don't know when that time is because the son of man is a as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch watch you therefore for you don't know when the master of the house comes at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest come, coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So we have to watch how we're living. We have to watch out, especially in, in, in these days of perilous times, for, for that man of sin who's going to bring evil and destruction. But God hears and he listens to our prayers, and he receives our prayer as Psalm 6 uh, 6 verse 9 says and we know that prayer has power and we know that there are many things that we can pray pray for in James chapter 5 verse 17 we see that Elias was a man subject subject to like passions, just as we are but he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years 
and six months. Three years, three and a half years, he prayed that it wouldn't rain. And God heard, and this came to pass. Verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. During that three and a half years of drought, you know, the plants and all those things began to dry up and wilt. But when he prayed for that rain, then came uh, uh, the earth brought forth her fruit. So God hears prayer. In 1 Samuel 1, verse 9 through 28, I'm not going to read uh, that, all of that, but we can look at the prayer of Hannah and see how intense her prayer was unto the Lord. And Eli had noticed her praying. uh, Now Hannah in verse 13. Hannah. She spake in her heart. You know. uh, In her. In her. Quietness of her mind. She spoke that way. Only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said unto her in verse 14. How long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered and said. No my lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. But have poured out my soul. Before the Lord. Sometimes in our desperate plea. In our prayers. You know sometimes our lips tremble. But you know. And only our lips move. But uh, sometimes you know. uh, In in the prayers that I make. uh, Sometimes my thoughts are more than my mouth. Will you know pour out in words. But we see Hannah was pouring out her soul before the Lord. And he said, count not your handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken this way. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. And so we know that she prayed. And she prayed for a son. And verse 28. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. So we see here in Hannah's prayer a very intense, sincere, and believing prayer. But what is the answer to unanswered prayer? Sometimes prayer is answered in moments. Sometimes not for years. But must we expect God to answer every desire or hurry up to satisfy satisfy our, our need? We just have to trust that God is shaping our character for some reason or for some special purpose. In 2 Corinthians... Chapter 12, verse 7. Beginning verse 7. We read this earlier in first message. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So there was a purpose in Paul being uh, 
buffeted by this messenger of Satan, which is, you know, really not clear what it, what it might have been was, you know, maybe bodily pain or maybe, uh, uh, maybe he was crippled or constant pain or who knows, maybe eye trouble. But in verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. The verse actually says that he pleaded three times. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So whatever it was that God was working, you know, uh, he didn't want Paul to be exalted because of, you know, who he was and, and the things he did for, for the Lord. He was kept humble. His, but his grace was sufficient uh, for him. In Hebrews 11, it, in chapter 11 of Hebrews, we know that as the uh, faith chapter. If I kind of turn there. There in verse uh, 6, it says that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then it goes on in verse 13, you know, it mentions all these others, what they did in their acts of faith. And then it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. These all died in faith. But it's like so many who, who are not healed that they know and are persuaded that, they, that there are promises. They see them from you know, far off there in, uh, in the horizon that is to come someday. And they were persuaded of them. And they embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. And that's what we are, just mortals uh, on the earth. And in verse 35, after we read all of all these others, uh, people of faith, in verse 35, Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And in verse 39, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us, that they may without us should be made perfect. So, there's that time coming when, as we fight the good fight of faith, as we pray to God for the things we need, the day coming that we will hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
and that glory to come. So, in Ephesians 6, verse 18, Paul gives us a way a Christian should always dress for each day, putting on the armor of God. And we know about that. In verse 18, he includes praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all saints, not just for ourselves. And for me, Paul said, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. You know, the Apostle Paul had to go through a lot of uh, persecution. People wanted him dead. Every time he opened his mouth was something that they had reason to accuse him uh, of. So there are a lot of things we can pray for. As we even walk about, as we even uh, sit down in a restaurant or some, some other place, that we can pray for strength. We can pray for one another. We can pray for the sick. We can pray for protection from the perils and the evils that are in the world. Especially for our loved ones who may not be, you know, praying for, uh, praying for themselves. You know, Job uh, prayed for his children. We could pray for the fruits of the Spirit that may be manifested. You know, things like joy. We can pray for focus in our job. For focus in school. For strength and help in time of need. Because God's ears are open and according to your faith. So, so be it. I have just a few minutes here. and This will be the last scripture. That we should take care to not make a show of prayer and our in religion. People out of vanity, you know, they, they like to uh, wear their religion so that others see it. But take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when you do alms, your alms, do not sound a trumpet before you. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Truly I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you do alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand does. That your alms may be in secret, and your father which sees in secret himself shall reward you openly. When you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father, which is in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, shall reward you openly. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not you therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need, need of before you ask him. So after this manner, we see, you know, where Christ, when the disciples ask, you know, uh, teach us to pray. So after this manner, verse 9, pray you. Our Father which, is, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So don't neglect prayer. That is watching and praying. Praying for one another. Not just ourselves. To re recollect to God. As scripture has told us this day. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior.